Ha! You found it again. The Sift Football Podcast. Save it for the football podcast. This week, the mayor and I talked uh, about the NFC West and some quarterback sleeper fantasy advice. So enjoy. Okay, welcome to another Sift Podcast, save it for the football podcast. Uh, this week, we will be talking NFC West uh, with the mayor. How are you, mayor? I'm great. I'm. Um, you can follow me at 49Gators on Twitter. Um, I'm having a pretty good afternoon here sitting on the couch, getting ready to discuss some NFC West football. I just had a delicious Domino's pizza delivered about 30 minutes ago. I use the Domino's Pizza app with the contactless delivery, and I use so many points up, I even got a free pizza today. It encouraged me to try out those new specialty chickens smothered with bacon, cheddar, and tomato. They were absolutely delicious. How are you? I'm good, and I, I'm, I'm still mad we're not getting paid for that, but I'm glad you got a free, uh, free something out of that. Um, all right, so <laughs> the – NFC West is um, going to be an interesting division to talk about. They play the NFC East and the AFC East. Um, so do you have any thoughts uh, overall on the division before we get started on the individual teams? Well, yeah, I hope we start getting paid for that soon, too. That would be ideal. But the, the NFC West, they're uh, like you said, they're playing the AFC East and the NFC East. These teams haven't been stellar the past couple of seasons, so... I think there's going to be a lot of winning in their future this season. And even, you know, with the lack of preseason and the lack of training camp, it's only going to help those more veteran teams with those, um, with those wins in the middle of the season. Absolutely. So let's start with the Los Angeles Rams. What do you see for the Rams this year? Well, the Los Angeles Rams, you know, they um, they had a decent season last year, but that Super Bowl hangover seemed to be real. Nine and seven, twenty nineteen. You know, Sean McVay, Sean McVay looks to get back into the playoffs in twenty twenty. The start of start of the season might be a little rough. I see an zero and three to start. You know, but by the time they get to the middle, where like I said, they're playing those teams. You know, they haven't had a lot of success in the past few years. Um, the defense is still pretty good. Um, you know, like many teams in the West, they're going to rack up some wins. And if McVay can come close to his 2018 production on offense, this team will go deep into the playoffs, but a finish at 10 and 16 for the regular season or 10 and six. So, uh, I, I had them losing the first three games as well, <laughs> but I don't have as, as sunny of an outlook for them. I see them going eight and eight, um, unless they're vast, vastly improved over last year, what it looks like happened, and uh, not that I've studied the tape um, to the extent that many other people have, but uh, what it looks like it happened is the Patriots' uh, defense figured them out in the Super Bowl, and that offense really never recovered from that. Um, that could just be kind of how it feels, but uh, I just unless this team kind of reconfigures itself, I, I don't see them with a deep playoff run. Um, uh, like I said, I see them going eight and eight 
even with um, those somewhat weak uh, divisions that they're playing against. Um, all right. Uh, I, I do want to mention their extra teams, though, the, the teams that are not in the NFC East or AFC East that they have to play. And I'll do this for each of the teams, but the extra teams are Chicago and Tampa Bay. It's not the worst draw. Um, I don't know, honestly, what to think of Tampa Bay yet. Um, and Chicago should be a mess, but, you know, it, that's why they play the games. So um, that's not the worst draw in terms of um, teams outside of those divisions that they are uh, playing. What do you think about the extra games, the Chicago and the Tampa Bay games? You know, I feel like Tampa Bay is just going to be that team that is either going to be a great disappointment or they're going to be, you know, the just the one that every team's talking about every team, every game this year. They're just going to be the outright leader. And Chicago, you know, Mitchell Trubisky again, probably not the, probably not the long-term future plans for the Chicago Bears. So they're just going to try to get through a season and try to just move to what's next. All right. And speaking of what's next, let's go ahead and talk about the Seattle Seahawks. How do you see the Seahawks this year, Mayor? Well, the Seattle Seahawks just seem to find a way to win. You know, if it's Pete Carroll really getting getting his players to buy in season after season, Russell Wilson, who is, does nothing but win, he's got 21 fourth-quarter comebacks on 27 game-winning drives. Both are tied for the most since being drafted in 2012. You know, this team was one foot away from winning the division last year. The Seahawks, they got five East Coast road trips with four games start to schedule at 1 p.m. Eastern time. But they'll find a way to rack up some wins and probably get to ten to six. All right, I also have them going ten and six, and I I want to uh, say something about you were talking about the the fourth quarter comebacks from uh, Russell Wilson. Um, uh, Kevin Clark from the Ringer talks about how Seattle, uh, especially since Russell Wilson has been there, they never seem to play a normal game. Um, whether they just inexplicably, um, you know seem to get blown out or make a furious comeback uh, or their score is like 19 to 12 for some reason. Um, They never seem to play a normal game. But like I said, I I also have them going 10 and six. Their extra games are Minnesota and the New York Jets, not the worst draw. Uh, Minnesota, I expect to be pretty good, but I don't know how the losing Stefan Diggs might be a bigger deal than it seems. Um if Adam Thielen is, you know, that number one wide receiver, but I don't know where they go to after him. Um, I, I see them probably turning into primarily a, a running team. We'll talk about Minnesota when we get to their division. But the Jets, obviously, a pretty good draw for the Seahawks as an extra game. Um, so 10-6 and six for the Seahawks. What about the Arizona Cardinals? Well, Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals, they kind of have a tough schedule. Not only do they have to play in the NFC West, but they have to contend with again, you know, traveling east three times, you know, before you know, before even a bye week. There was definitely, you know, definitely a spark to the offense last season. To punt on a quarterback drafted in the first round two years ago, it's gutsy. I think the long run it'll pay off. This is gonna be a tough season for the Cardinals. With only six picks in the next in the next draft as of right now, they'll probably be hiring a new GM for next season. Because Steve Kime just hasn't delivered. 428 over his lifetime is the GM, and it's only going to be worse this season, being three and thirteen. Wow, 
So I see them uh, making an improvement. They were six and ten last year. I see them going nine and seven this year. Um, you know, racking up some major wins uh, outside of their division. Um, they have their extra games: Detroit and Carolina. Not the toughest draw, and we'll get to the toughest draw when we talk about the last team in this division. Um, but Detroit might be improved. Obviously, uh, you know Stafford um, always you know, going to be somebody who can put up some numbers um, and put up some offense. And Carolina could be a very confusing team this year, um, not really knowing which direction to go to. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think the Cardinals, I, I only see them getting better just because they added DeAndre Hopkins. They lost David Johnson, but David Johnson wasn't doing much for him anyway. So um, I kind of think that, you know, that's a win for the Cardinals. I, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to make maybe a, an impact uh, game one or game three, but by the end of the season, I think we'll see, you know, a lot of uh, open receivers for the Cardinals um, and really able to stretch the field the way they want to. All right, so let's move on then. Um, the last team to talk about in this division is the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I understand you have something of a rooting interest in the San Francisco 49ers. Are you a part owner or what's the deal with that? Well, that's, that's the long-term plan is to be a part owner of that organization. But I try to take everything from a, an objective point of view. Um, the San Francisco, not 49ers prove that defense can win a championship on, you know, unless it meets the unstoppable force known as the Kansas city chiefs. You know, they had a great year last year. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo completed his first full season as a starter. They had There has been some departures, but the offense with Kyle Shanahan's plug-and-play run scheme, you know, allowed them to sprint right through the NFC playoffs. The defensive coordinator, Robert Sala, will get the defense tuned in and with second-year Nick Bosa leading the D-line. They won't be sneaking up on anybody this year, this season, but, you know, with some big opponents, most are at home. I see them going 13 and three. And that's what I see too. I have them 13 and three. Um, I don't see a lot of losses on this schedule. Um, You know, it's going to be tough. It's always tough playing Seattle, you know, um, in the division. Those are good games. Um, They're out their extra games, Green Bay and New Orleans. That's the toughest draw of any of these teams in the division. Um, I expect New Orleans to be good. A lot of people are picking them for the Super Bowl. Um, And Green Bay, uh, you know, was the number two seed in the NFC last year. Um, Of course, the 49ers destroyed them um, in the playoffs. But, um, you know, Green Bay is not going to be an easy team so long as Rodgers is there and they got a little bit of talent around them. So um, those are two tough games. And again, playing Seattle – twice of course um but yeah i think they're gonna i think they're gonna do it again here i think they're gonna win their division uh go 13 and 3 and be somewhere in the one or two seed position um anything else on those teams so now you see them going 13 and 3 who do you see their three losses being do you see them being green so i have them no i have them losing um at seattle and at new orleans and then sort of just a funny end-of-the-year game um, losing to at Arizona. So I know you're low on Arizona, and I'm much higher on them. Um, but I think that that would be one that could sneak uh, sneak up on them at the end of the season there. It may be that they don't need the game, 
um, something like that. Maybe the the season's a little shorter. I don't know. I'm just uh, throwing in one one you know crazy game that uh, nobody could predict. Um, but yeah, so Seattle they'll they'll probably go one and one against Seattle. Maybe lose to New Orleans or Green Bay but not both I'm predicting. And then maybe a weird loss at Arizona towards the end of the year. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, We're going to talk fantasy quarterbacks in the next segment, Um, but we'll take a break and we'll talk right after. Okay. uh, Fantasy quarterbacks. Last week we talked to, um, we talked about uh, fantasy running backs. We talked about the zero RB strategy, um, loading up on running backs, um, you know, towards the middle to late rounds um, and not taking somebody at the top unless you get one of those first four or five picks. This week we want to talk about QBs. Um, What do you have to say about QBs, Mayor, just in general? Do you have any thoughts on fantasy quarterbacks for this season? Well, if you really if you really look at the point structures of your league that whatever the format may be and if you really break it down, the difference in between the number one quarterback and the number five quarterback, there's not a huge difference. There is those clear-cut number ones that are going to score. Of course, they're going to score touchdowns. They're going to throw touchdowns. They're going to throw a ton of yards. But with this passing league that there is, you know, there's 10 people that are going to have that type of production and just, you know, hanging on maybe one more round to pick a quarterback so you get that position player that is going to pay so much more dividends you know, for two or three games a season or, for you know, one random game in the middle of the year, I think that's just a, a better strategy all around, as you alluded to with the zero running back strategy. Yeah, and something that I, I came across in my research looking at quarterbacks from last year is there is a tier at the top. Now, obviously, Lamar Jackson propelled a lot of people to the fantasy playoffs and maybe even got them championships. Um and Patrick Mahomes was himself. Uh, and a lot of these quarterbacks, you know, we expect regression to the mean. In other words, there's going to not be the touchdowns for Lamar Jackson maybe that he exploded with last year. But um, that being said, I think there's a top five uh, fantasy quarterbacks, and then there's a drop-off because I look at Kyler Murray. I don't think he's a bad uh, starting uh, QB for fantasy, um, but there is a significant drop-off between Deshaun Watson and then Kyler Murray and Josh Allen, who were tied for sixth and seventh place um, last year. Uh, you really want one of those top five guys, or maybe you want to wait and hope that somebody breaks out. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, who do you like and who do you want to stay away from in fantasy QBs this year? Well, you know, I think, like you said, Deshaun Watson really is that guy I like. You know, I, I really truly believe the way the cards fall, though, you know, you'll be able to hold off and get him possibly in the sixth or seventh round. You know, everyone's going to grab Lamar Jackson. Everyone's going to grab Patrick Mahomes. But those top five running backs are going to go. Those top ten wide receivers are going to go. Then people are going to start filling in their roster. Next thing you know, he's going to – I think he's going to slip through the cracks a little bit and he's going to be a great steal if, you know, pending no crazy, you know, crazy bombs are thrown into fantasy football drafts that sometimes happen. Personally, yeah, I think I think that if you unless you have a Houston Texans fan in your draft, um, Deshaun Watson is the guy that probably will fall um, and will be a great bargain because 
the, like I said, that you know, talking about that top tier going from Lamar Jackson uh, down to Deshaun Watson, there's a definite um, there's a definite uh, drop off after that. So um, I th- I like that pick. And then you were going to say something. Yeah, and the one I'm going to avoid this this season would be Tom Brady. You know, Father Time's undefeated. The Bucks have definitely given him the offensive firepower, but he's 43 years old, and you know there's 31 other quarterbacks that have the opportunity to possibly, you know, put that production up that he could possibly put up, and you know let someone else go fetch him while you find find that sleeper down in the 10th or 11th round. So I'm gonna agree with you in one sense. Um, I think Brady's gonna get drafted too early. Um, I think, I mean, I'll just throw this out there. I think he's going to go, you know, third or fourth round in a lot of leagues, um, where people are just expecting that high upside, uh, for him. But what I'm seeing in like expert mock drafts where he's falling to ninth, 10th round, um, I think that's a steal. Um, if, especially if you spent, uh, you know, your first seven, eight, nine picks on running backs and wide receivers and, t- and tight end, um, and all of a sudden you're sitting there and Tom Brady's still available. Now, like I said, that's expert drafts. Those are guys that know what they're doing. And in a lot of leagues, he's going to go way too early. So I totally agree with you. But what I thought was interesting is, okay, so he's got Gronk. He's got Mike Evans. He's got Chris Godwin. Uh, they added Shady McCoy. Um, and that's a pretty potent offense by itself. Uh, they have Cameron Brait on the other side from, from Gronk. Um, the backup to Tom Brady. Do you have any idea who his backup is? You know, honestly, I do not know who his backup is. So they're obviously all in because um, his backup is Blaine Gabbert, who I, I don't even understand how Blaine Gabbert is still in the NFL. Uh, sorry, Blaine Gabbert. Cut to Blaine Gabbert uh, going, who's uh, who, who who's picking on me now? But, um, yeah. So they're all in, obviously, even at 43, they're banking the entire season on Tom Brady's health. Um, So I agree with you um, that he's going to go too early and he's not worth it, uh, the risk at at third or fourth or even fifth round. But once he starts to slip into the eight, nine, ten, that might be a time to look at him, especially if you've already you're going to go like, say, a two quarterback strategy. Um, where you're taking, you know, two guys and you expect one of them to maybe break out and be your starter. I took Lamar Jackson last year at, at, at a late round, eighth, ninth round, um, not expecting him to necessarily be what he was. But, um, you know, I went with a couple of different quarterbacks in the draft just, you know, and then expecting that high upside. So I'll probably do that again. Um, do you have anything else on, on fantasy quarterbacks no i think this this is going to be the year of the you know the year of the veteran you know minus tom brady like i like i alluded to i i think just you know this the veteran players are really gonna you know find a way to learn find a way to get these offenses tuned in with the lack of preseason you know there it does mean something you know they are learning something while they're lining up in in training camp and and hitting hitting each other and running routes and getting those timing those timing down so those wide receiver combos that they've had for seasons are going to definitely play to their advantage. 
Absolutely. So uh, let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll come back with a smoke alarm or a bold prediction. All right. Um, so uh, I have just one thing. I don't have a bold prediction this week, but I do have one smoke alarm. We were talking about fantasy QBs. Um, the smoke alarm I have this week is Jared Goff. And I mentioned in the last segment about uh, Tom Brady not really having a backup. Um, Blaine Gabbert, you know, that that tells you that they're banking on Tom Brady being healthy um, or else their season is probably going nowhere. Um, Jared Goff, uh, there's just nobody behind him at all. Um, not, not a name I could recognize. Um, so they're all in on Jared Goff. Of course, they paid him a lot of money. Um, he did get them to a Super Bowl. Um, but this is a, a really interesting year uh, for Jared Goff and, uh, you know, that team generally because uh, they were kind of crowned as the next best thing. Um, you know, if you remember that Rams-Chiefs game from two years ago, um, everybody thought, you know, the Rams and the Chiefs were the next – next big things and that worked out for one of them um but uh i just i don't know what to think of jared goff obviously if he plays well uh the rams will be a force to reckon with but um i'm kind of wary i i certainly wouldn't draft him for fantasy purposes um and i i, I don't know what's going to happen with the, that team this year i, I haven't made it eight because I, I just i can't picture their season uh, what do you have as far as smoke alarm? Well, my smoke alarm goes out to a few people this week. Odell Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown, Chad Ochocinco, Des Bryant. You know, you've let your selfishness get in the way of a successful careers compared to a few spectacular seasons. Your sidelight antics, lack of leadership in the film room or on the practice field is pathetic. You're tweeting, you're constantly complaining. For a career, you have two, a total of 263 touchdowns in between the four of you. Jerry Rice had 192. You know, if you could have just been a great teammate, you would have been a first ballot Hall of Famers. Give future players advice to mold yourselves to be like Chris Carter, Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, or Jason Witten. All of these men have two things in common. They will certainly be Hall of Famers one day, and they have all been NFL Man of the Year recipients. And three of these men have more touchdowns than all of you, and if Jason Witten has just four more touchdowns in his career, he's going to pass you bums too. Take Take note of that and sound the alarm. All right, and uh, you mentioned Odell. There was some news on the Browns front. Uh, Jarvis Landry was cleared. Uh, I believe he's off the pup list now. So uh, that could be an interesting angle um, to watch this season, not only in the NFL but for fantasy purposes. Um, What about a bold prediction? Do you have a bold prediction, Mayor? Yeah, so this season uh, the NFC West will have three teams that will be in the, the, in the playoffs, and the Arizona Cardinals will be the only ones left out in the cold in the middle of the desert. Wow. That's pretty bold. Um, and that, that actually leads us into uh, what we're going to talk about in the next segment. So do you have anything else or do you want to move on to the next segment? No, I I think the next segment is kind of where we're going to kind of wrap up just everything we've kind of talked about today. And it's going to tie it, you know, tie it together to where it makes, you know, projections. So I think it just makes sense. 
All right, then let's take a break and we'll come back. We're going to talk about uh, something very, very uh, different this year, something new uh, that will cause teams to rethink their strategy, right? All right, uh, the the thing we were going to talk about um, is the expanded playoffs. So, Mayor, you want to you want to explain that a little bit? It's uh, pretty simple, but right. So this season, the NFL has decided that they're going to expand the playoffs by one team in each conference. Therefore, having three wild card playoff te- or three wild card playoff games per conference, and that is going to really only leave one team at the top of each conference that gets a first round bye, and then they're still going to continue with reseeding. So, in essence, the seventh best team in the NFL, non-division winner, of course, will end up be will end up playing the second best team from the NFL for this season. Right, and so what I was just saying um, in the last segment about how it changes the strategy of the season, um, you know, imagine you're Baltimore and a New England. You you all of a sudden have to play New England in the first round of the playoffs because they snuck in as a seventh seed. Do you really want to see Bill Belichick as a seventh seed um, in the first round of the playoffs? Um, I know they didn't have success last year um, in the playoffs, but um, I expect uh, my prediction is they'll be close. And giving that expanded um, playoff scenario, I, I, I could see the Patriots at nine and seven or something like that in the AFC. Um, so that's, that's the kind of interesting thing. If the chiefs get the buy, you've got, um, you know, the Ravens or whoever's, you know, the second best team having to play somebody like the Patriots, a dangerous team, maybe that gets hot at the end, puts it all together towards the end of the season. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, the expanded playoffs? Well, you know, like I said in my bold prediction, it's really, you know, getting the extra team 10 and six is almost going to be the benchmark to make the playoffs. Warren Sapp tweeted out a couple days ago, you know, in the past 10 years, 15 of the 20 teams that finished that would have made the playoffs with this expanded format finished nine or seven or eight and eight. You know, I admit I'm a little selfish. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching six playoff games in the span of about 36 hours. You know, this is what's going to allow Kansas City, the Green Bay, the New Orleans, San Francisco, Baltimore, you know, they're going to lead to these high records because they're going to be chasing each other down to get that first round by now that there's only one of them. And, you know, I just, you, you know, I think this deal is going to be a long term, you know, where the, they're never going to go back to the old format. You know, as long as everybody gets a piece of that pie that's, you know, that big playoff, that money that, you know, is really what it's all about. You know, I don't just see it going back the other way. So you think that uh, this is a point of no return? You think they're never going to uh, move this back to the way it was with two, uh, two, the top two teams getting buys and um, only having six teams? Well, with the collective bargain agreement, it's pretty much already agreed upon. You know, the players, there's not really much they can do about it. And come the next Come next CBA, you know, there, it's definitely going to be a point of topic. Maybe they change playoff sharing revenue a little bit because the extra money, the extra revenue generated through the league just in those two extra playoff games is going to just, you know, be more than enough to make not make anybody want to go back to, you know, two last games. 
All right, and and why do you think that this was a point of emphasis? Why do you think this was something that, um, number one, the NFL wanted to do, and number two, the players' association uh, and, the, and the owners agreed to? You know, it really all just ties back to the coronavirus. I mean, they, you know, it's maybe it's their excuse they're using. They want to do this all along. But, you know, a team, you know, a team like, let's say, New Orleans or Green Bay or even San Francisco, you know, they just have a little bit of a slip up and they, you know, half of their starting offensive line is out for, you know, two weeks in quarantine because they caught a virus from something that wasn't even their their fault. And now all of a sudden they have two losses in a team that, you know, a team that shouldn't even necessarily belong in the playoffs is now in the playoffs in their place. So you know, bending, bending a little bit to, you know, if you just have really bad luck, you know, then you're just, that's just the victim of the situation. But I think that has a lot to tie with it. So I, I guess what's interesting to me is that um, with this whole situation and hopefully things are better in January than they are now, but um, it's funny to me that they would be adding games. Um, you know, I know there's nothing they can do to control it, but it's just funny to the idea that they would add games in a situation where, um, you know, they, they might have to take weeks off or teams might be down a few players or whatever. Um, it seems sort of the opposite to me of uh, the way I would go. Um, where other leagues have streamlined things, it seems like the NFL's adding things. So, We'll see how that works out. Um, I do have a trivia question for you, and it's not really the typical trivia question. Um, but we talk about NFL uh, divisions, and we go through the divisions every week. Um, we pick one division. Um, so if you were to guess, if I told you just 100 random people, um, how many of them could – uh, tell you every team in the NFL what division they're in? I would say that's around 10%. It's a little less than that. It's actually six or maybe a little bit less than six out wow. of 100. Yeah. Um, well, well you know, to, to, that, to that point, I'm, I'm not a NBA fan and I'm not an NHL fan or even a Major League Baseball fan and I don't even know if I can sit here and tell you every every single team in the National Hockey League. You know, there is that, you know, knows the answer to that question is ins- almost insulted that, you know, you call yourself a fan of this sport and, and you don't even know some of the simplest, simplest nuances of it. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm not surprised, though. I mean, um, you got older football fans that maybe follow the Steelers or they follow the Lions or whatever, and they're used to some of those old divisions. When there was only six divisions, um, you know, they still think of those teams as rivals. The Bucks and the Packers are still rivals to some people. Um, so it, it's not a surprise necessarily. Um, it kind of blew me away when I saw it, but you mentioned, you know, uh, other leagues, I don't think I could tell you, uh, you know, who was in which division in the NHL, and I'd be hard pressed even for the NBA, which I follow a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's it's just really all about who you follow. But um, I would think the 
is the NBA easier for people? Do you think more people could pick the divisions uh, for the NBA? Is that more popular now? Um, it, it does seem like it's the the second most popular sport based on viewership and ratings and, and revenue. I But I don't think, you know, I, I can't sit here today and tell you anything about the NBA divisions. Yeah, so that would be an interesting uh, comparison to see if you you got a uh, hundred random people, how many of them could put all all the NBA teams in their proper divisions. All right, Mayor, uh, the storm clouds are rolling in over here. Um, I'm in my garage again, um, but uh, so I'm under under the cover um, and some safety from the storm. But um, you got anything else to talk about this week? No, Professor, I think it's been a great show. Um, we got a couple more divisions to wrap up into before we jump into that um, total NFL pr- prediction show that we're going to have coming right at the start of the season. And, you know, believe it or not, starting to look at the calendar, we're just getting closer and closer to to kick off, and it's going to it's really fantasy football draft season. So good luck to you on those, all of those accords. Yeah, when we do our wrap-up show at the beginning of the year um, to kind of tie everything together, what we've said about each team and in each division, um, we probably also will wrap up things uh, fantasy-wise and uh, things will have shaken out a little bit more um, in terms of injuries, in terms of, you know, obviously now we know who is opting out of the season. So we'll kind of talk about, we'll go back over maybe some of our sleepers that we've talked about um and make some kind of final calls on what we think is going to be um you know the the important players this year as far as fantasy purposes but i will uh let you go and we will talk uh next week uh do you want to pick a division now to talk about next week well we've done the afc and nfc east and west so maybe we um hit down the old the good old south and maybe start in the afc south next week all right, you heard it here first, the AFC South next week. Uh, thank you, Mayor, and thank you all for listening. We will talk to you next week. It's been a really great, Professor. Thanks. All right, there you have it, uh, the NFC West. Um, I'd like to once again thank the Mayor, and once again thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye.